0: One two three four five six seven eight nine six seven eight nine. All right, recording. Actually, I don't have any editing software, so I have to try to <laughs> make sure that I can do this in uh, in one take. No jump cuts. No editing. Nothing. Uh, my computer is still back in Guadalajara, but here I am in lovely lawn in Maitland, New South Wales, in my hometown, and. Uh, it's kind of weird to be back sometimes because it's like walking around things seem a little surreal. I haven't been here for about three years and I haven't spent really significant time here for about eight years. And uh, walking around it just uh, seems like things are subtly different. Sometimes it's in good ways. So for example the cafe here at the there's one cafe in my suburb which gives you an idea of the size they start selling they started selling uh, vegetarian and vegan and paleo and gluten-free stuff and the, the same with the, the the corner store or the little supermarket that's in my suburb which I, ne- I never really anticipated that Se- seems a little weird because everybody is still kind of well i i don't know i don't know what they have i was about to say bogan if you don't know what that is it's like saying uh it's kind of like saying a hick or a, <laughs> but a, a little less strong like somebody who likes to drive pickup trucks utes and uh wear their hair in a mullet and uh drink poor quality beer so <laughs> so i mean there's there are people like that around it talking in a in a broad Aussie accent. And people ask me, people like to ask me where my accent is from. And I never really know what to tell them. One time years ago, this is like 10 years ago before I'd even traveled, some some guy in a a bar was like, you're not from around here, are you? And I was like, yeah, I'm from Sweden. Soft, eh? (laughs) And he's like, I thought so. This is what, (laughs) I don't know if it's just (laughs) the level of gullibility among drunkards, but (laughs) I don't know what that is. I guess that's, uh, it's hard to believe that I lived here for 20 years of my life and tolerated, I guess, like, I must have felt that feeling of alienation my entire life. And I just had no idea that there was something different. Like this wasn't the place for me. Got a lot better when I left and and went to Melbourne, but uh, I don't think I can tolerate spending a lot of time here. I wanted to tell you a few things about my detention in Mexico. So it's kind of funny how they can detain you, but by their own admission, what I did wasn't a crime. So that's kind of funny, they can just pick you up and lock you up and keep you there without trial, without charge. Even Mexicans, uh, I, met, I met a couple of uh, Mexican citizens who were in there and they just didn't have their papers and so they get locked, they get locked up, their lives get disrupted for a few days, a few weeks, whatever you know no nobody seems to worry nobody seems to care life goes on sometimes i just felt like saying to the guards and to the legal clerks there like hey how long do you think it's going to be before they pick up your cousin your nephew your your daughter your son whatever how long how long do you think it's going to be before that happens because this is the precedent that you're sending here and it's it's a little scary because uh, a lot of people thought that Mexico was, I, I certainly thought that that Mexico was a reasonably free place, and I thought to some extent that was maintained by giving tips to police officers. So if you did something that's not really that serious, and I've I've seen uh, police officers bribe federal police officers, <laughs> so. It definitely goes on, and it's definitely something that's culturally accepted. And that's like, the other day, um, um, I went to my brother's house, and my brother and my aunt said to me like, silly boy, what did you think you were doing? And I was like, well, I kind of knew what I was doing. That is, I was acting on the information available. Uh, So I know what the, the Mexican cultural norms are. And so... I had no reason to act on Australian cultural norms and think that it was so necessary to have my papers in order. Uh, but um, unfortunately, that, that changed. Uh, but I didn't have access to that information at the time. So I was just, I was acting in, cor- in accordance with the information that I had. And, and that's all any of us can do. We're only mortal. Uh, and that's, <laughs> uh, that's what in poker you call a bad beat. Anyway, I remember it must have been the first or second day and I got to speak to the consulate and uh, she offered me her phone so I could make some phone calls to my friends. And uh, I called I call my friend Maria Fernanda in, in Guadalajara and she was there with, with my friend Maria Jose and, and my friend Gala, who I was with when, uh, when I got picked up. And... Uh, it was kind of funny because I guess I was worried, I was stressed, I, I, I was disorientated, confused. Uh, I was re- probably resisting what was going on to me at that point. And Gela kind of led me through this like instant little guided meditation or like this little hypnosis. And she's like say- saying that it was more about the energy. Of what she was saying than the words she was saying, but she was, she was saying like, okay, you're going to take a deep breath, feel the energy, r- feel the knots, uh, kind of dissipate from, from your stomach and rise up into your heart chakra, all of this stuff. Some of you people would, would call that new age and woo woo, but the point was it, it led me, it did, it, I, I went along with, uh, like the visualization of it and it helped. And, uh, it's it was it was good and it was so good. In fact, here's the thing: uh, before that, before before I got picked up, uh, we were in Tolantongo, and we were doing the these interviews. Uh, I was interviewing Gela, talking about how she lives such an unusual life, and how actually she she didn't even realize what <laughs> what she does is unusual. She just thought that was life. Uh, like traveling around different countries go, going to different places every couple of months learning you know several languages I think she speaks about four or five uh, live, living life in in different countries and riding quad bikes in Costa Rica and all of this uh, wild uh, amazing stuff you know the stuff that life is really made of the adventure and I was interviewing her and it came up a lot when she would talk about manifestation or like the power of positive thinking or the secret if if you want to call it that how uh, visualization and actually I don't know I don't know what you call it tactileization like imagining sensations imagining emotions uh, in the in the future and and then having those having your life situation eventually align with that excitement that you have about the future and Then, so she, I was there in the office and, and Gella was leading me through this, this little instant meditation over the phone. And I, I did, I started to sit up on my seat, like change my posture, take a deep breath. Oh, take it, take it, like take it right in. Take those beautiful deep breaths, like the, the ambrosia just flowing through your lungs. Feel the amazingness of life. Just pump your blood up. Get that, get that blood pumping full of oxygen and suck it all up (laughs) and uh, I start I just let go of my stress and my confusion in that moment and it, it, it was a very interesting synchronicity because up to that point I kind of thought that they were going to bar me from Mexico for about seven years and after that phone call the, the, the lady, Sylvia, from the consulate came in and she said oh so you're going to be banned from Mexico for one year and if you speak to the embassy maybe you'll get it down to six months. Now it ended up, I mean in the, in the end, it, uh, the, the official ban was uh, two years but uh, the point was changing my emotions changed the situation well at least that's that's obviously how it appeared to me in that moment uh now of course a lot of a lot of people were saying well it happened after this that doesn't mean it's necessarily um causally related but you know i think it is um and that's a, a from a scientifically minded perspective i think that's a that's that's pretty wild but uh a lot of the times I guess I, I kind of push this these sorts of things to the side, and I don't really know why. It's like denial of your own power, but I I think it, I think it really is like that. So another thing was I, I mean this this is less controversial, but another another thing was a few days later, uh, I'd I'd said uh, I'd come back into the into the detention center after having spoken with the, the the embassy and i i said to this colombian guy like oh yeah you know it's he's he said what did you tell him i said well I, I said everything's fine you know it's not a not a big deal the, the food is fine and this uh you know i'm 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 uh, taking advantage of my time here and and he said why did you tell him that marica why did you tell him that? You need to tell him that that things are terrible here. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, what? Was, uh, is that is that really how it is? Um, he said, Yeah, man, you're gonna get you're gonna get out in four days. I've seen this. it happen so many times with people from the United States. They come in here just a couple of days. They tell every, everything's terrible. The food's terrible. Uh, they get you out. They find a way. But um, I I thought, is that, is that really going to work? Um, and I tried it and I don't I don't think it actually got me out any quicker but I do th- I do think it got me sick because I, I wanted to over the next couple of days I was like oh well it made me okay next time I speak to the embassy I'll try to construct this case to paint the picture of them how bad it is for me here and so I, t- I told them I mean the the conditions weren't the greatest of it. I told them how Uh, I wasn't able to receive phone calls from from them from the embassy or from my friends from my parents. I told them that uh, a lot of people came in there um, and they only had a couple of changes of clothes or they were restricted from accessing their their luggage so they couldn't get a a change of clothes and of course that's unhygienic and people started to be sick and this this kind of thing and uh, uh, after that I did actually started to get sick. (laughs) And so, again, it's like uh, thoughts change your reality. And I've read um, Think and Grow Rich, but I guess I never really fully embraced the lessons in there. And there are things as well. The, the other thing that's related to that, I mean, a lot. A lot of people will say, "All right, well, you do, you do the visualization, you do the, the tactilization, tactileization, audioization, all this like these uh, different forms of imagining how things are going to get better." But you also you also need to pay the piper. You need to offer something valuable to people in order to. Pay for what you're going to receive, and here's the thing about that, uh, because I, I guess a lot of people, with, if they hear that, I mean, it, it makes sense logically. Like, like you're only going to get back what you put into it. That that makes a lot of sense to a lot of people. Uh, but here's the thing: it's not just about like money or work or like in, indulgences. You can offer value in all kinds of ways. And if you, if you happen to watch Gela's videos, uh, on Facebook, you can follow Gelikwa Amini. You can, you can watch how she gives value to the world by giving the, this different perspective, like bring, bringing the, the magic into people's lives so they can get excited about life or if you say you have a really good friend uh, and you you say to him not because it's like it's his birthday or something just because it's something you feel within you that hey you know you what i really like about you is that you're a really calm patient person you know what i really like is that you're warm and loving and you always go go out of your way to be genuine with strangers uh, and give a little light into their life. What, what I like about you is that you don't judge me um, You don't bring that le- level of egotism into our interactions, so I always know that I can tell you something and Feel free uh, And I know that you'll be there for me. I know I can say whatever I need to say and you won't treat me like an outcast and you can say all these things to people and I hope you do say them I hope you <laughs> I hope you do I recommend it um, when I got out I went on to Facebook and had to look through some of the posts and she said uh, something about how uh, life had taken me in, in this strange direction, an unexpected direction, and maybe it was because that people within that immigration center needed a little taste of my positivity in me, needed to see things from my perspective in order to see how it can change their internal world. Uh, and it's really great. When people say nice things about you, and I hope you can make someone feel like that. Make someone feel that all of the effort that they put into self-development has paid off. That they've made a difference in their character. That the person they once imagined they were, they are. so it's great to feel like that and it's great to make someone feel like that the, the, the idea about value or thing, it's one thing in exchange for another the thing is value is everywhere value is in, in all of your thoughts uh, you can find it you can extract it from the environment like look at this wonderful tree behind me there's a sunset over there to my right uh, you can look around you, look at the shapes, colors, listen to the sounds, and find value. Value isn't limited. Value is is everywhere. Meaning is everywhere, and it's it's within your your mind, your heart, your 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 soul to pick that up and convert that, spin those spin that <laughs> spin spin that wheel that uh can weave gold into thread and that's that's all you have to do <laughs> so that value is there ready to be exchanged uh and you can you can do that you can find ways to, to give value uh ways that perhaps nobody expects so and another uh, example of course my friend conscious Kenny um, beautiful soul always looking for ways to to give value and it can be you know in more overt ways like he says to someone explicitly hey I will cook for you three meals a day if you give me a place to sleep and they say sure that's a great deal um and that that's you know that's a very obvious way to give value, but he's also give, giving value in his his positivity and his big smiles and uh the just just the way he is <laughs> um and he's uh he's he's a good networker as well which is a you know it's a funny label to apply to a hippie but that's that's what he is Uh, he finds ways to get people uh, connections with with each other uh, and that leads him to interacting with with a lot of fascinating people so yes you can imagine your future yes uh, feel the emotions Feel the power. Feel. Imagine what it would be like to have all of your friends around you, laughing and smiling and slapping each other on the back and and uh, enjoying some great food together. Uh, that's something <laughs> that you can always imagine. But imagine your imagine your dreams and feel the emotions, feel the intensity, the power, because that's going to help you draw it into existence, ground it on earth, because earth and magic, (laughs) earth and magic deserve to be together. Thanks so much for listening. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you soon and be excellent to each other. Goodbye.